Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Run it in a six hundred, run it in a six hundred, run it in a six hundred, run it in a six hundred. What's up, party people? It's your main brand stubs. Welcome to another radio. Appreciate you joining here this evening. Uh, tonight we will be joined by Steve Fulton. We'll have light here. On Showtime, not officially announced, but just a done deal. Uh, we'll he- uh, uh, have him talk to us about that, and as well, uh, some other things going on. So he'll be joining the show. Currently, I'm not the show, but he'll go in some this evening. So, forward to that. Uh, as well, uh, talk about some other stuff here in boxing, as we always do. So, you can tweet me throughout the show if Brandon to TF here on Twitter. So I appreciate that. We get this headset situated so I can talk clearly into the mic. Um, but let's kind of start off. Um, let me let me start off here with last night's fight. So uh, again, this is kind of the, the great thing about the show being on a Wednesday night. We're sandwiched in between fight cards on Tuesday, fight cards on Thursday, and we had a fight card here on Tuesday that was not what we thought it was going to be. Unfortunately. Hearing had yet another positive test here for his COVID-19. Uh, it's unfortunately like an ongoing saga with him that these tests take prior to, and even some tests he's taking while he's there are coming out negative, but then he's still got certain, I guess, a percentage or something in this system still of the COVID-19 to what the Nevada State Athletic Commission is not clearing him to fight. So his fight last night with Jonathan Aquindo was again postponed. We're now looking at maybe August for it. it. And it's kind of a shame because, you know, Jamel's a good dude. I think all of us uh, in boxing are rooting for him. Uh, you, you hear his story, you, you see the work that he's put in and how he's focused on his career and how he has, uh, you know, kind of transformed himself from being a, a guy that suffered a couple of losses, part of the PBC. People thought he was done, was over, resurrected his career working with uh, Tim Crawford there in Omaha, went up with the top rank, and boom, he's now world champion. So you feel bad from that aspect. You know, Jonathan Aquindo, uh, as well, because, you know, here's a guy now who's trained several times, had, you know, extended camps, thinking he's going to have a fight, and then boom. Uh, you know, it gets pulled on them last second. So it's a shame, you know, I, you know, it's a stand-up guy to where he's going to fill the contract that will eventually happen. Um, I'm just not sure if it's going to happen in August. Again, with these this antibody stuff and him still having some of the stuff in the system, I don't know how that's all going to work. Um, you know, top rank is going to have to get this figured out again and, and push it back again. You know, third time is normal. So let's hope that that is the situation that's the case, that uh, the third time they set up the schedule to happen, it'll actually happen. You know, that's all one can really uh, ever hope for at this juncture. But uh, the important part is he's feeling good. I mean, Jamel Herring's feeling good. He's not having ill effects. So he's still at well. Um, you know, he's not sick or anything like that. He's been able to try. That's the good part in regards to that. And we 
that, you know, obviously stays the course and stays the way. So we wish him the best. Speedy recovery is a friend of the show. So definitely hope uh, and all the best for him going forward. But we still had fights last night. And, you know, Michaela Aaron getting put in main event against Helen Joseph. You know, and, and Michaela stood out for a little bit of disrespect. People thought it was her competition today. But it really was. Uh, but she got an opportunity to be in the main event, and that was something that kudos to ES and Top Brand for putting the women's card on in an event. They really didn't have much of a choice, kind of what the scenario was last night. And, you know, Michaela Mayer did her thing. You know, she went in, she just flat out, just working out box, Helen Joseph, who just never could get in the rhythm, never could land the power. Wanted to, you know, Michaela Mayer fought tall. She had a four-inch height advantage. I'm not sure how much of a reach advantage she had, but she worked tall. She, you know, fought, you know, worked tall, fought tall, and uh, kept her away, you know. And, and, and Joseph's style with her kind of bending down and, and trying to come forward and just kind of throw the wild uh, overhands just never really connected. Uh, styles make fights, and that was a bad style for Helen Joseph to have in a fight against a taller opponent like uh, Michaela. So obviously now Michaela is going to get some sort of fight with somebody big here uh, sooner than later. Uh, we'll see how that all works out. But you know, kudos to her for doing her thing here last night. So we'll see how that works out for um, for Michaela. I know she's wanting a title fight next. We'll see. We'll see. But on right now is because our guest is actually calling in as we speak. Uh, the show is going to get a lot cooler now because Cool Boy Steph, Stephen Fulton, is joining the show. Appreciate you taking our time, man, calling in. How you doing, man? I'm good, thanks. Oh, uh, man, no worries at all. We appreciate you taking out the time. Uh, we know you were actually, uh, you, you tweeted me here before the show that you were getting to run in, you were getting to work out. Um, obviously, the, the world is quite not. different. <laughs> The, the world is quite different from, from what it was, you know, six months ago. Uh, what kind of training are you able to do now and, and, and kind of prepare for your fight that we're going to talk about here in a minute, but what, what kind of training are you able to get now? Uh, normal training for me. You know, I got a private gym, gym that I'm at, and, you know, I still get my runs in every day. So it's, it, everything basically normal for me right now. All right, well, that's well, that's the hell. That that's good because a lot of fighters aren't, uh, you know, have that privilege to be able to do that. Now, as we said, you're working out because you have a fight here that's not been formally announced, but we all know what the deal is. August the first, uh, Mohican Sun against Angelo Leo, vacant WBO championship. You know, this is this is big. First fight back uh, since early part of this year. Championship belt. You know, what do you think of your opponent, Angelo Leo? Uh, and how you guys match up? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I see myself better than him, and I know a lot of others see the same. You know, he hasn't been tested yet. You know, and when you have a guy like me who has been tested numerous times, and then you finally get in that shot and that spotlight with that type of guy, you know, it's a lot that can be going through his head. But I don't think he's even – we're not evenly met. And even on paper, we're not evenly met. So I just know I'm the better fighter. I'm just going to fight and show – it's not just about boxing with me this time around. Now, with that being said, man, you fought a lot of undefeated fighters throughout your lifetime as you came up and you're getting the situation that you're in. But like you said, you don't think he's prepared for the spotlight and opportunity he's going to be. you think that might be the mental edge that you're going to win in the night here August 1st? For sure, for sure. You know, I capitalize on that. You know, he, this is the biggest thing that he's been on, whether it's fans or not. This is the biggest fight. His biggest stage, 
his toughest opponent, his best opponent that he's seen. Now, is it going to be weird for you, though? Like, you know, it's, it's by the sounds of the fight, won't have any fans there at the Mohican Sun when you guys uh, do fight here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be odd for you at all, you know, not ha- having hearing the crowd noise, or is that something you block out when you're in the ring anyway? Uh, that's something I block out anyway, but it won't be odd. You know, growing up in this sport, you know, early in my career, I've done multiple swing bouts. You know, we're fighting with no fans in the ring, and it's just going to be like sparring, you know, just taking care of business. So so light work for you. Okay, I, I respect that. I respect that. Now, uh, you know, one thing about you that I, I think that I don't know a lot of people have given you the credit you deserve, but do you think that you've been somewhat discounted in the division and, and boxing in general and people haven't given you the accolades and credit you deserve? And do you think picking up this championship belt here in a couple of weeks will change a lot of that for people in boxing and for fight fans out there? Honestly, I feel like they're just making it worse for every fighter in my division by not giving me any credit. You know, it makes me beat the shit out of them even more, honestly. And when I get this belt, they will definitely recognize me as one of the best in the weight players, you know? So, And I'm, and I'm ready to unify right after. There's no need to wait. I, I'm first back off of uh, beating Arnold Kugai, who was an undefeated fighter, and I'm fighting another undefeated fighter. Ain't no tune-ups. Ain't no tune-ups. Champions don't need tune-ups. So after I get this belt, you're going to try to unify or something. I mean, I, I I respect that. I mean, you coming out flat out saying that you're going to make it – it's making it worse for everybody out there now. For us at our website at punchtheface.com, we listed you as being amongst the top 25 fighters, 25 or younger, in the sport today. You know, where do you – obviously, you got to see yourself as being one of the best out there. But, you know, in the, in the grand landscape of things, do you see yourself being able to, once you get this title belt, to really – step up and hit stardom maybe as we go into next year and as this year closes out? For sure, for sure. And you, like you said, youngest under 25, I'm definitely should be top five in that. Uh, my resume speaks for itself. Regardless of who has the belt, who has these feast, who has he fought, what top tier opponents has he feast. I'm top five when it comes to that. Now, I will say this. We got you at number nine, but that was before we knew about the title fight that's, that's coming up. So, this this, this can change. So, Use this also as fuel as you not being in top five to, to take that on your opponent here uh, in a couple weeks. Now, um, you know, you, you Philly fighters, y'all y'all are a different breed and something I really respect. And I like that access to every Philly interview. When you hear the term Philly fighter, your definition of that and what makes a different breed of fighters compared to any fighters else across the world. It's our mindset, you know, our background, our mindset. And when I when I define Philly fighters as smart, intelligent fighters, not like myself, I don't always just define this as, you know, rough. And, you know, even though that that's what a lot of a lot of fans and, you know, commentators may say, oh, they just Philly fighters, are, you know, that, that grit, that roughness from that, the beautiful brotherly love city. It ain't just all about that, though. We, we actually are smart. So that's what I define as a Philly fighter. Now, one thing I've always also admired about you guys, especially this this crop of Philly fighters came out, you guys all seem to support each other. So all seem to be, for the most part, love. We see you guys all at each other's fights when you especially they're close by and they're they're in the Philly area. Everybody support everybody. Is that that love? That make things easier. Make you motivated. Your peers, which fellow champions, want to see you do things as well. For sure, for sure. That's always motivation. You know, a lot of times 
we don't have that type of support. So to, to see that occurring now with great fighters like myself and and a lot of other top notch fighters from Philadelphia is a beautiful thing. You know, we show that's us showing that brotherly love and the sport because this boxing sport can be lonely. It can be. Now, we had a couple questions here from some fans that I do want to throw out at you uh, before we go. Um, one of them was from my man Donovan Cass. He wanted to know, was it frustrating trying to get a fight with Brandon Figueroa when it was very clear that he was trying to duck you? But what was that whole situation like and you trying to get that fight and that just seemed like that no interest whatsoever? It, it basically was, you know, earlier in my career, they called me out. And I was like, what's up? We can take the fight. But I have a trainer who was like, no, we're we not taking it yet. Even though I still wanted to take the fight, he said, no, we're not taking it yet. Let's do it when it makes sense for a belt and some bigger money. You know, it's all it's all about business at the end of the day. So sometimes the trainers be trying to save us from ourselves. Not saying that I would have lost them, but just, you know, at least make it for something. Next thing you know, we, they, wanted, they wanted me to fight in Texas on his brother's undercard, him undefeated fighter like like him and myself. So business-wise, that didn't make sense for me to take that risk at, at, a, at a young age in my career when we know how things could be. Then secondly, we wind up fighting on the same car in his hometown. It was a cool main event. I got a knockout. He got a knockout. We both stepped in the ring. We both agreed to it. And then I was told that they wanted to take a different direction. That's why I said they're, they, they, they ducking me now because, you know, he became world champ. Now he want to take a different direction. Now they want to, you know, Save the belt. So, but that's for the most part. But I just see he dropped the article saying he would fight me and he would uh, stop me in the later rounds, which will not happen. Yeah, it, it's funny that now all of a sudden he's willing to take the fight when you have another fight announced. I, I kind of thought that was a little bit weird myself. Yeah, but you know, now, another question. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. We get it. We get it. Now, another question we had was you. You also won a, a WBO championship belt, and people said that's not a real championship belt and, and try to disrespect it. For you winning that belt, and we saw you carrying that belt around. That meant everything to you. So, you know, explain to to the novice fans how a belt is still a championship belt, regardless of what they may think. Oh, for sure, the IBO belt, man, and I still acknowledge the IBO belt. Rather, that you know, they say it's not one of one of the major sanctioning bodies, but, you know, if, they, if they're if they taking a percentage out of your person you fight for, it's the damn title. And, and, and that makes all the sense right right there. You know, some people some people just don't like not like to acknowledge it and won't accept the fact. But Pacquiao uh, has won that belt numerous times. That made him a uh, numerous champion, you know. So you can't really listen to what everybody say all the time, man. I honor that belt so much because me coming – so far and fighting all these undefeated back-to-back and watching other people not fighting no top competition and getting these easy shots and these belts, I felt like I just wanted the belt to feel a little bit more secure with myself. And once I got that belt, it was it was, it was reversed from there. I wanted everything after that. So, and shout-out to the IBO for giving me my first chance. Right on. Okay, that that's love right now. The last we got is from uh, actually one of our listeners from over in the Ukraine who want to know something about your last one that you faced, Arnold Haygod. Uh, he said, you know, with him also being fellow Ukrainian, what did you think of him as an opponent, and do you think he has a future as being a champion there in the division? I honestly think Arnold's going to beat a lot of guys in this division. Like, he was one of the toughest ones. Like, he, he came to fight. He come to fight. He He's going to beat a lot of these guys. I don't think guys like Brandon Fugger King can get past a guy like him. Honestly. He's gonna be he will be world champion. 
Okay. Right on. Appreciate you answering the fans here uh, questions here. Um, You know, for you, you know, what have you been able to do to keep your sanity throughout all of this, you know, the pandemic, the COVID-19? We know things are crazy up in Philly. I got people up there in Philly as well, and it's been insane there. You know, how have you been able to kind of maintain and keep your focus on the sport of boxing, knowing that if eventually come back, you will need to be ready when the time came? Honestly, man, I was going to do some little things before I heard I had a fight coming up, but I had to get myself together. You know, things was kind of rough, and it made me realize how much I, I really like and love the sport of boxing by not having it. And I, and I know a lot of other fighters can, can relate to that. But I kept my saying and my family, I kept I kept level-headed because, you know, I'm a, I'm a mental fighter. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm tough in that mental area, that mental aspect. And a lot of fighters lack that, and that's why, they, that's why I win majority of my fights. Off of my mental, you got to be mentally, mentally stable, mentally tough in order to overcome a lot of things in your life. And to this day, I still, I, I still have to go through that. All right, right on. Uh, that's fantastic perspective on that. Well, well, Stephen, man, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I, like I said, I know you were out getting your workout in here for the fight here, August the first. We're looking at that here on Showtime vacant WBO championship against Angela Leo. Uh, one last thing, let the fans know where they can follow you on social media, plug any sponsors you need to plug. These This last few seconds, this is all about you. Uh, shout out to myself, you know, at Two Voice Stuff on Instagram and Twitter, also Facebook. You know, shout out to my, my crab spot, CBS Crab House, that's opening tomorrow at 5 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock. So, you know, shout out to myself. That's my I'm my, I'm my own sponsor. <laughs> Hey, man, that's the way to keep the, the revenue generating and keep it in your pocket. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. So, again, man, Stephen, we appreciate you taking our time. Best of luck here come August the 1st. I'm going to be watching here on Showtime. Uh, let's go pick up another championship. Let's go take another W. For sure, for sure. Thanks. And I know he's coming to fight, but it ain't going to happen this time, sir. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. We're right on, Stephen, man. We appreciate the time. Take care. And the fans will be watching here on August 1st. Thanks. All right, thank you. All right, big thank you again to Stephen School School. I'm gonna say Stephen Cool Boy Steph Fulton, uh, challenging here for the vacant WBO championship here August the first Showtime. Uh, I believe that's gonna be like a triple header they're gonna have from Mohegan Sun on Showtime. No fans, but we get fights. I know it's not formally announced yet, but pretty much all the details are being worked out. Uh, shout out to Boxing Scene for putting the story out there They're here on Monday, and it's a done deal. We're, we're seeing that big fight. So uh, big ups to Steven for uh, taking up the time. Literally, he would just finish his run to call in to talk on the show. This is what we do in Punch's Face Radio. We get the get the fighters when they're most active. <laughs> so shout out to him. So um, let, let's see here. So let, let's kind of let's talk about tomorrow night's fights here on uh, on ESPN from Top Rank because we will be down yet another fight. So Tuesday fights, we had, obviously, the positive test with Jamel hearing his fight got nixed. Tomorrow night, we were supposed to have uh, Mayorga versus Yap. Yap came in overweight, not just by a few pounds. He came in overweight by nine pounds. How do you come in overweight nine pounds? Like, that's literally like he's got... Uh, you know, a dumbbell in his pocket when he weighed in today. Like, that's 
absolutely insane that he was that far over for his fight um, for tomorrow. So obviously that fight is now over. Uh, it's off. That That's not going to happen uh, because he came in that far over. Now, keep in mind, the contractual weight was at 128. He came in at 136.7. So Michael John Yap, overweight, fight now with uh, Mel Marga is now off. So for him, missing weight by nine pounds. I'm sorry. But this was a fear that I had going in to when Boxing returned that this was going to happen. Now, I didn't think it was going to happen in month two of Boxing returning. I thought maybe the first month. But we're now halfway through the second um, month of fights here the top rank is putting on, and you've got guys missing weight by that much. Yo, that's that's a problem. <laughs> that's a serious, serious problem. Um not a good look. Not a good look at all. So we'll see how things play out with that um, if they try to reschedule that for a later date. I, I'm thinking with him missing weight by that much, uh, unless they're going to try to figure out another contractual weight to maybe put the fight card on for Tuesday of next week, that, that fight's going to be scrapped. And it's a shame because it's not uh, you know, uh, Miguel's fault that, that his opponent missed weight by that much. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean – one thing I have to say, and and I'll keep saying this every week, is people don't give Top Rank the credit they deserve for what they're going through right now. Top Rank is – they're the martyr for boxing here in the States, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't want to admit that because they think someone's being biased when they say that. But I would say this if this was Golden Boy in this situation. I would say it if it's any of the promoters that PPC works with in this situation. The first one back is always going to experience more growing pains than anyone else, period. And you're seeing that right now with Top Rank. You've got guys with positive tests. You have guys failing drug tests. Shout out to Jarrell Miller. Uh, you've got guys missing weight. Um, you know, we had that with Arderno, Arderno here, what, two weeks ago. So, I mean, this this is something that they're going through and they're having these issues with. But they're, you have to also look at it like this. They're doing multiple shows a week for so many weeks in a row. So you have to give them some sort of leniency and credit for what they're attempting to do because no one else is attempting it. Now, like I said, PBC is going to be rolling out fight cards here next month. Um Golden Boys here in two weeks. They're actually, what, um, what two weeks from today? or uh, ten, ten days from today or something like that. They'll be here in two weeks. They're going to have their first fight card featuring Virgil Ortiz. Uh, you know, Thompson Boxing as well, two weeks. And they're going to have a three-fight card. So all of these other promoters are coming back. But Top Rank's already – they've already done it. And depending on what kind of protocol people are following – I don't know if they're going to be doing as strenuous as what they're doing with Top Rank right now. So, again, you know, people, instead of them shitting on Top Rank and making fun of these cards and mocking the situation, they're doing something that other promoters didn't want to be the first to do. Top Rank was willing to take that chance and do it. So have to give them kudos for pulling things together uh, and still maintaining these fight cards. So the fight card tomorrow will be now featuring in a headliner, uh, Felix Verdejo. Verdejo is still kind of an enigma to me, you know, as someone who follows Puerto Rican boxing and has no Puerto Rican in whatsoever. I'm still looking for that next great Puerto Rican fighter, and I don't think it's, it's him. 
Um, you know, he he's shown us flashes of being that guy, and then we've seen other things. Other times he's looked just lethargic, and you know when he's looked lethargic, he's lost. So it, he's weird in, in that aspect. I, I, I he's still young to where he can pull it together. That's kind of the, the bright side about it. But he's starting also kind of get to the point to where you know we can't say well he's young he'll figure it out. He's got to get it figured out sooner than later, and. I'm fearful in thinking he's not. He's not going to get it together. He's not going to figure it out. But I don't think tomorrow night will give us a real assessment of that. I'm glad to see he's you know, getting a fight and being active. Hopefully, if he makes quick work, maybe they can get him back on a card here in August uh, while they're still doing the bubble series. We'll see. So, you know, time will tell, but he's now going to be the main event for tomorrow night uh, now that uh, Mayarka and Yap are off because Yap missed weight by nine pounds. It's insane. Insane. Um, what else do we got here? So we're actually kind of running through the show a little bit fast tonight. We're right on. Um, so last week, me and Adam had talked about, shout out to co-host Admiral Bromowitz, aka SN Boxing on Twitter. We talked about the you know potential and the options that Sergey Divrinchenko has, or now had. Uh, we'll put that in past tense, because it sounds like he's chosen which pathway he wants to go. Now, he had an opportunity to possibly fight uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez more than likely at 168 pounds or some other sort of catch weight between 168 and uh, 160. He also had an opportunity to fight uh, Charlo, and God forgive me for getting which Charlo it is, uh, for his championship here in the middleweight division. They all – I get them confused, so bear with me. He's going to face Charlo, uh, the one who's here at middleweight for his championship. So he had both options, and – you know, he's made his comments and out there, and it's by the sounds of it, he's going in the direction of Charlo. Uh, he's going to challenge for the middleweight championship and go after that here next. And, and I honestly thought that made a little bit more sense for him because the Canelo payday will be there, um, which we'll talk about who Canelo may fa- face next here in a moment. But the Canelo payday will be there, and Sergey may be able to, you know, ask for more money if he's able to go out and beat Charlo say he owns a piece of the middleweight championship, you know, that now makes his asking price go up. So this is a hedge bet on yourself that you can maybe take a championship, flip that into making more money in a bigger fight later. Uh, instead of taking the, the money, the short money now with Canelo to take that fight in a fight, you'd more than likely lose uh, because Canelo right now is the somewhat of a natural bigger guy. You know, he's fought here. You know, light heavyweight for God's sake. So I, I get it. You know, and I, I kind of thought this would be the direction he would go. Now, for him making the comments saying he thought the Canelo fight would be an easier fight, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, drink that Kool Aid on that. I, I'm definitely not gonna co-sign that. But I think it would be a good matchup, nevertheless. So, you know, he's gonna face Charlo, and we'll see how that how that plays out. There's, you know. When exactly that's going to be, I have no idea. Um, whether it be fans or anything like that, no idea there. Uh, so <sighs> it'll be fun. So it's, it's Jamal Charlo he's going to be facing. Again, I get them all confused. So Jamal Charlo is who he's going to be facing there. So Dervinchenko's made his decision. So now that brings us to the Canelo sweepstakes, which is still very much a thing. Now, I threw on my dark horse here last weekend, and I was even as much of an asshole to tweet it out to uh, Roberto Diaz, the matchmaker for Golden Boy, a former guest on the show as well, that 
you know, why not do Jaime Manguilla Canelo down in Mexico since we didn't get a, a Mexican-themed fight here for Cinco de Mayo? He liked the idea. But logistics-wise, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, granted, we gave our reasoning on the show last week, so if you want to hear that, make sure you uh, check the archives of, of what we explained in regards to that. But it looks like now there's two names that are being floated around as more than likely the opponents for Canelo come September. Uh, John Ryder, which is a name we discussed last week as being an option, which we thought he might not be an option anymore. Okay, not totally against that. The other name is Jason Quigley, who's assigned to Golden Boy. Now, I'll say this. The Quigley fight would – just knowing how boxing works, the Quigley fight is probably what we're going to get for the simple fact of he's a Golden Boy fighter. It's easier for them from a contractual aspect to make that fight happen. Um, you know, it, it just all the sense in the world for them being able to make that fight. That would be a fight that they could do. You know, you've got, got the guy already there. Boom, you can make that fight happen. So he is coming off of two wins. He does have a loss here to uh, Toriano Johnson here uh, last summer. That's his only loss on his record. Um, as far as that would go, you, if you have any history here with the show or have listened to the show, you know, um, quickly at one time, uh, not, not him, but his people had said our show wasn't big enough for him to come and go, come on and be a guest on. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a forever fuck you to him. just is. Um, so, yeah, no, I hope it's John Ryder who gets it. Uh, and if it is quickly, it's, it's either way it goes, it's not going to be a really that competitive of a fight. Canelo is just leaps and bounds better than either fighter. I think Ryder is going to put, would put up more of an effort would be a little bit more of a challenge can make it competitive a little bit longer of time, but Canelo would win that fight. Uh, but that's looking to be the direction that they're going to go. So the Hamimangia dark horse, maybe not, but I still hold out hope. Uh, that could be a huge Mexican showdown in September, putting that out there. If it happens, you know where you heard it first, who put that out there in the universe. Now, kind of speaking here in regards to Canelo and, and um, the zone and all this other stuff, I, I have to bring up an, an interview that um, one Demetrius Andre did here this week. And, I'm not completely mad at Demetrius Andre at this one. Now, Demetrius is kind of the guy who's been I, I don't I don't know how to describe him. If he's been he's kind of an enigma, but he's also a guy who's kind of sabotaged his own career in many ways. Uh just for simple fact of some of the stuff he's done, uh some of the deals he's made and just bad business all the way around. But he did an interview, and I, I thought he brought up some very logical things here. Now, he's also signed to the zone and matchroom boxing, so keep that in mind. But he's stating that they're telling fighters to take a pay cut, and he's saying no. He's not going to take a pay cut. He wants his regular pay for a fight. And his point was the zone, matchroom boxing, however you want to group those two together, you know, they pay – you know, a lot of money to Anthony Joshua, a lot of money to Canelo, a lot of money to Triple G. The Triple G one is the one I think he hangs his head on, is, you know, really hangs his head on most because of Triple G being as old as he is. And no, it's, it's a bad deal. And I agree with him there. Um, you know, he's 32 himself, and he's got to know that his, his time is ticking, especially kind of given the lows in his career he's had. But 
you know, the read is the best quote from me. He said, there's a lot of money out there between the names I mentioned. The people that are coming up going to take a pay cut, that's crazy. Make them take a pay cut and spread it around. There's enough there. And he's got a valid point. Now, I, I will say this to this degree as well. Those three names, you know, Anthony Joshua, Canelo Alvarez, and Triple G, those guys have more of a track history of generating revenue. Uh, we know Canelo can generate revenue. We know Anthony Joshua can generate revenue, especially over there in the UK. Uh, Triple G can generate revenue, depending on the opponent. Uh, be uh, obviously generates more revenue than Andre from that aspect. But I, again, I agree with him. You know, you've got these people taking pay cuts. You're not seeing other uh, sports take pay cuts. You know, he mentioned Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. His huge contract. The NBA players are still going back. They're not taking a pay cut that I'm aware of. Not any UFC fighters are really taking a pay cut because hell, they don't really get paid shit anyway. So I, I get his point. Um, so it, it's going to make some very interesting dynamics for Andre going forward. You know, he's not willing to take a pay cut. So what kind of money are they going to pay him to come back? How, where is he going to fight at? You know, are they going to have this in front of fans? Are they going to be able to recoup? It's a lot of stuff there. And more importantly, again, who is he, who is he going to fight? Because for Android, he's kind of a guy that's – he's just there. And it's so weird and sad to say, but he's literally just there. He's the WBO middleweight champion, but he just seems to can't get any name recognition, any name opponent who's really willing to fight him. Uh, like I said, he's had opportunities. Some of those have been squandered. Uh, some of those have been turned down by his own doing. But it, it's a it's a weird situation he's painted himself in. I, I don't know what to tell him. I mean, if DAZN's not willing to break bread with him and they're not going to take a pay cut from those other guys, then so be it. Now, on that same aspect, you know, he brought up a valid point, and this is why you hear the stories about DAZN maybe having some cash flow issues. They sunk a lot of money into Canelo, Triple G, Anthony Joshua. Um, Lord knows what else they're giving Eddie Hearn for, you know, Matchroom as a whole, to have their cards broadcast there. So you, you kind of wonder, okay, what now? What what are they going to do now with that now? So that's that's insane. That's insane. So fun and interesting times there. Now, Speaking of Matchroom, I'll, I'll throw this out there as well. They're going to make their return here in the U.S. with the first U.S. car here on August the 15th. That's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, rumor was that this fight was going to be in front of fans. People didn't really know the the venue. And here in, if you're listening internationally, here to the show, appreciate you. But if you are listening internationally, Oklahoma is a place uh, that has had a spike in the COVID numbers over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, so all of that just seems, and even still now, granted we're a month out, all of that still seems a bit, I, I don't know if fans should be allowed in there or what, but uh, Eddie Hearn has announced the venue for the fight card they're going to have here on August 15th. Uh, that's going to be Julio Cesar Martinez uh, versus uh, McWilliams Arroyo. That's actually going to be crowdless card that's going to take place in the streets you heard right, the street of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, down the downtown district. So they're going to have part of the street blocked off. Uh, 
there in the middle of downtown Tulsa, and they're going to actually set up the ring there and have the fight card there. So I don't know if that's going to be by hotels or how that's all logistically set up, but um, they're going to do that there. So they're going to do it in front of no fans. Obviously, if you're in one of those buildings, you can maybe look in there and, and watch the fight from, from the building. Uh, I, again, have no idea how that's going to happen, but the, the ring is going to be placed right in the middle of the street. Uh, they're going to have uh, you know proper social distancing protocols. They say they're going to have in place. So, um, yeah, that that's that's interesting. Now, I honestly think that's going to be a fluid situation. I have a real feeling that may not be where the final place is going to be for the card. I don't know anything, but just kind of reading that, I don't think that's going to work out. But we'll see. That's a month from now. So as far as it stands, that card is going to be in the streets of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go figure. Uh, another fight, though, that is international that I am looking very forward to, and I've said this several times now, uh, Tim Zhu, the son of Hall of Famer, uh, Costa Zhu, he's going to be facing Jeff Horn. Yes, that Jeff Horn, famous for uh, beating Manny Pacquiao. They have a fight date set here for August the 26th down in Australia, uh, there are going to be fans there allowed there in that fight, at least as far as it stands now. Uh, so it will have somewhat of a crowd. I think they're going to have like a a smaller crowd than normal, but it's going to be have a crowd nevertheless. So kudos for them for being able to do that down there in Australia. Uh, but more importantly, I, I pray to God that this fight card gets – not the fight card, the main event itself. It finds a landing spot here in America because that is a highly interesting fight to me. You know, Jeff Warren has, you know, fought here in the States, you know, fought. Terrence Crawford lost his WBO championship to him. Uh, had some interesting fights uh, down in Australia with uh, Zephyr. And, you know, Tim Zhu is the guy that they're kind of looked upon as being the the next. He's the next guy to come up. He's going to be the next uh, great Australian fighter. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, from what I've seen of Tim Zhu. Uh, the few times I've been able to see him on ESPN Plus cards, I've been impressed. Uh, Jeff Horn's not a – he's not a bum, and I think this is going to actually be a really good fight. Now, I do think Tim's is going to win. I think he's actually going to stop Jeff Horn, uh, just kind of seeing some of the activity Jeff Horn has had in some of his fights, especially the Zephyr fights. Um, I really do think it's going to be a great fight. Now, where it lands here in America, I don't know. Whether we get it on the zone, maybe ESPN Plus picks it up. I thought um, Top Rank had something, or they were somewhat in bed with Tim Zhu. Um, maybe they have some sort of deal if he fights here in America. I don't know. We'll see how that works out. But I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that uh, here. It's a month and a half away. But a good fight card, uh, a good fight uh, for that. So, And obviously, I think if Tim Zhu is able to win, that's going to propel him. Obviously, he'll be the, the biggest name down there in, you know, Australia, New Zealand boxing, he'll be the, the, the guy down there, which will obviously open him up for a world platform. Jeff Horn wins, obviously that he keeps his number one spot as being the guy down there, uh, but again, he can then focus on trying to get a world championship elsewhere. He can now look to uh, either going, you know, coming back here to America and trying to get a big fight here, uh, see if he can entice somebody to come down there and fight and defend a championship that will be the next thing for him. It's going to be a championship fight if he's able to pick up the win. So pivotal fight for two different reasons uh, for each fighter. So good fight. Looking forward to that. Hopefully everything goes off uh, without a hitch for that. 
uh, come here next month. So, uh, you know, like I said, interesting, interesting times, and we're getting more and more fights uh, kind of trickling out there, more and more information uh, as to, you know, fight cards getting made, how they're going to, uh, you know, air. Uh, so I'm happy with that. We had a fight card that aired on uh, aired on CBS Sports Network on Saturday down in Mississippi. They only had a few fans. Uh, they were allowed in there. I think they said it was like 1,500 in an arena that held 11,000. So, you know, there is wills and ways around things. So, you know, good good for everyone attempting to try things, good for people trying to experiment and, and trying to get things figured out. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them in regards to that. So, hey, there you go. Um, that's really all we have for this week, you know. Uh, again, thank you to our guest, Stephen Fulton, for calling in uh, right after his workout. Appreciate him joining the show. Um, yeah, that's really it, man. Um, thank you, everybody. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Because you know my my memory's not the best in the world, folks. I'll I'll openly admit that. Uh, it's 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 pretty pretty shaky anymore. But um, you know, boxing is back. Uh, we're kind of getting closer to being back to normal schedule, um, which is going to offer us more content and more things to talk about. So, you know, we're we're hoping things stay the way they are. We're just crossing our fingers and hoping that's the case. So, you know, as we know now, like um, the reason why Stephen Fulton is fighting for uh, a championship is obviously that WBO title was um, relinquished here. And it's, you know, we got a lot of that, a lot of fighters moving, you know, moving around in weight, dropping, um, dropping their belts, respective belts. So, you know, that belt's been uh, vacated there. So that's now opened up. Um, we also know that Shakur Stevenson has dropped his belt, and he's moving up in weight. So a lot of a lot of championship belts are, are moving around. I mean, uh, Navarrete dropping that belt. So you know, it's a lot of belts uh, being moved around. A lot of people, um, you know, just maneuvering, just trying to go after different challenges. So Navarrete officially dropped his WBO championship belt. That's why uh, Fulton and Leo are going to be fighting for that vacant title now here on August the first. Um, there's rumors of Navarrete fighting somebody now for that vacant WBO championship that Shakur Stevenson just dropped. And obviously Shakur Stevenson, you know, he's going to be looking at challenging somebody for a championship belt now that he's moving up to 130. Um, you know, if he's, uh, I think the WBO already said that they would insert him as the number one contender since he's moving up. Uh, there's a lot of fluid situation there with Jamel Hearing and in his championship, obviously he still wants to, make right and fight uh, Oquendo. And there's also talk about him and Carl Frampton here uh, come November. So, again, very fluid situation here with that. Uh, a lot of weird subtweeting from Gervonta Davis also this week. Uh, is he saying, so I guess there's no more fights this year. You know, he's a guy that constantly, you know, for better or worse, he's getting gets in his feelings about things, it, 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 so it seems. So I, I don't know if that means you know, the talk of him fighting um, Leo Santa Cruz, if that's now off. I have no idea. No clue whatsoever of what the hell's going on with them. So we'll see. We may have more news here next week. Um, yeah, I – yeah, too wacky. Um, with that being stated, you know, appreciate everyone joining the show. First-time listener, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find all of our old shows on the following platforms. Blog Talk Radio has literally all of them. That's 
where the show's being aired at live as we speak. As well as punchtheface.com, you can find all the episodes there. And all your streaming platforms that you get your podcasts, your Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, various others. Literally just search Punch the Face Radio. You'll be able to find the show. You can search my name, Brandon Stubbs. You'll also find the show. So listen, subscribe, share on any of those platforms. We would gladly appreciate it. Uh, and as well, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out co-host extraordinaire, Admiral Bromowitz. You can find Adam's work at SaturdayNightBoxing.com. And as well, follow him on Twitter at SNBoxing. Follow the Facebook group where I occasionally post things and ask you fans for questions. So follow the Facebook group at SNBoxing. That's where I got some of the questions tonight here for Stephen Fulton. Uh, so, hey, you just never know. You may get a question read on air. Uh, just by simply joining the group and posting something there. So there you go. So shout out to Adam. Adam will be back with us here in the coming weeks uh, to talk more boxing. So with that being stated, man, I, we're going to wrap the show here for this week. Again, I want a big, big thank you to our guest, Stephen Fulton, for coming on and talking boxing with us. Best of luck to him in his title fight here on August the 1st. Uh, with that being stated, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another. That's the only way we're going to get through this. And please wear a mask and wash your hands. This is Brandon Stubbs, and I am out.